0: Cadets and captains to M class podcast. Suck my peener. We're off to a good start, baby. That's what the show's about. I took sleeping pills last night. I don't give a shit about nothing. (laughs) He's still on them. They don't leave your system ever. Takes like twenty hours, which is like the math doesn't really work out, right? Right. You want to get a nice eight hours of sleep. You don't want to be ruined for almost an entire day, right? Well, so it just like it compounds on itself. (laughs) <laughs> like like tonight I'll be like not tired when yeah, I need to so be. So you'll have to take the pills. That's f- genius, actually. It is. That's what that's big pharma baby. It's, oh, <laughs> it's like horrid, but it's genius, but uh, Yeah. I'm Jeff. Oh, I'm Josh. And uh on this program, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media every 2 weeks and we uh lambast that shit. We nit- We crank pick- it out. According to a brand new comment we got on YouTube, we nit- we nitpicked to the nth degree. Do we? No, but (laughs) we did on that one. Which one was uh, it? It was the Star Trek Beyond review. We were real hard on that movie, so if you like that movie, don't listen to that one. That's a bad one for you. That movie's bad, and it's not even the worst one. (laughs) No, it's the best one of the three, but it's still not very good. There's dirt bikes in it. Like, come on. Like I feel like Star I was Trek. extremely lenient on that movie. This is nothing I like against the guy too. who commented because he was really nice and said he loved the show and everything. So yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for the comment mm-hmm. and lambasting us. But um, <laughs> like I feel like I was very lenient on that movie, especially yeah, think- in that review because I was still in sort of the the grace period where I thought it wasn't as bad as I think it does. I hadn't seen it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I'd only seen it once. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. That's all right. Yeah, I, I thought that, too. I thought we were pretty good about that one. Uh, I mean, but, you know, if you, if you really do like Star Trek Beyond, probably don't listen to that one. It's not a good show for you. <laughs> I don't even remember what we nitpicked about. Probably when Spock has to, like, get an appendicitis. Doesn't he get, like, his appendix taken out or something? Is that, like, the very special episode of Star Trek Beyond? No, I think... Doesn't he, like, get hurt? He gets stabbed. He gets stabbed yeah, it's, in it's the... It's the one where in, Spock gets... Uh, he, he like, gets a gun to try and take down a bully, but then he get he shoots Will by accident, and Will ends up in the hospital, so he has <laughs> to be very apologetic. Is that... Is that the grassy? No, this is a Fresh Prince episode. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, everybody, I'm moving on friday by the time this episode comes out i will be moved or dead one or the other and <laughs> oh, there's no in between <laughs> you'll either be moved in or dead yeah one or the other because it is like wow. a five-hour drive and it isn't a u-haul so who knows um a u-haul but I'm, driving those I, is fun i'm moving to bel-air maryland <laughs> Yo, home. Smell you later. I'm going to be the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's going to be me. Can you like rebrand all of your shit and just start calling yourself that? I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, just like change everything about your life. <laughs> like, don't don't the leave- crown everywhere yeah, I go. Just be completely insane, dude. Maybe I should be one of those like. uh like urban legend type people like that everybody knows like oh that's the that's the fresh prince he walks up and down main street every day in a crown yeah he literally thinks he's the prince he thinks he's the prince of this town and if you talk to him he gets very upset don't speak to me common rebel I'm the (laughs) prince of Bel-Air I'll tell my daddy about this I I think you're already there I think you're doing it (laughs) bring me cakes and creams (laughs) oil my bum berries and cream berries and cream you're like a hedonism bot it's gonna be me yeah i'm gonna be the new fresh prince though the uh, the 33 year old prince it's gonna be me (laughs) not so fresh prince no (laughs) cellophane (laughs) prince it's me freeze-dried prince so, on this episode of M-Class Podcast, we're going to be talking about Season 5, Episode 22 of Deep Space Nine. That is Children of Time. Man, we haven't watched a Deep Space Nine episode in, like, three months. Yeah, it's been a little while. It was really nice to see all these characters again. Yeah, I loved it. More of this show. <laughs> yeah, put more of this on your uh, your pitches towards this. I guess they're not pitches. Yeah. Your, uh, su- collection suggestions the collection suggestions collections oh god don't tell them that (laughs) that's what they're gonna call it isn't that technically just you guys pick what you want to (laughs) watch yeah uh so this episode was directed by alan croker who is for sure an anthropomorphic frog (laughs) (laughs) well it says it in his name Um, He directed the final episodes of Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. I don't know how he landed that three-peat, but he, Jordan-like, brought his team to the (laughs) three-peat. He really knows how to close them out, huh? No doubt. Um, by the way, everybody go watch The Last Dance, the Jordan yeah, documentary. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I hear it's really good. It's really good. Jordan's a fucking asshole, really, but he's like... Yeah, well, I mean, when you're like the best in the world at the thing you do. It's true. Like, I is- mean, that's why we're assholes. Yeah, everybody hates us. Yeah, we're too nitpicky. There's a, <laughs> There's a part in the documentary I love where one of his teammates is like, sure Jordan was an asshole, and then he kind of pauses like he didn't know where he was going with that. Yeah, like, he's like, <laughs> uh, maybe I had a point, I don't know. Uh, Jordan was my fucking hero when I was a <clears> kid, <throat> though, man. I wanted to grow up and be like Mike, like everybody else did. Dude, watching that shit, oh man, it was... It, it, you could tell. I remember watching like the finals or like the the Western Conference Finals when they always played the Jazz and. You could just tell like you were watching like history. Like oh, yeah. it, that sounds lame, right? But no, like, like it's you, true. And like the first time I ever saw Jordan like I'm a kid, right, Jordan leaps from like the foul line. Yeah, and just dunks. And dunks. And he does this thing where he's just he has the ball like uh like tucked into his like wrist. Cupped. Yeah, like and cupped he, into, he into his wrist. he just moves yeah. his arm in such a way that the ball defies gravity and rolls up his yeah, arm. he was like a fucking alien, dude. He was, like, superhuman. He was. And, like, he, there's a great part in the documentary, like, early on, where they realize that he's, like, something special, where he drives through the entire other team. There's, like, five yeah. guys in front of him, and he goes right up the middle and dunks. Yeah, his... <laughs> dude, it... it I, got, I get, like, goosebumps, because, like, I remember just, like... Him single-handedly just like wrecking the shit out of people, <laughs> yeah. like and then like entire teams. And then like when Pippen and Rodman showed up and they started doing like the triangle play constantly, yeah. where the ball would just go like they'd do circles around people. They wouldn't know what the fuck's happening. And then Jordan yeah. would come up and dunk on them while they you were confused. You can't guard. You can't guard like three people like that you know like there's just there's no defense on earth that was gonna do that no and I mean if you tried to guard Rodman he would put you to the floor instantly every time you cannot be that close to that guy (laughs) Anyway. Who was he dating back then? <laughs> I think he was Madonna at that point. Was it Madonna? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. he dated Carmen Electra later. Carmen well. Electra, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, Carmen Electra. She's in the documentary and she's like, yeah, Michael Jordan burst into our hotel room and I like hid from him because I was like scared of him. <laughs> what? Jesus Christ. Not because he ever did anything to her. Yeah, because he's it. It just so little- unbelievably intense as a person. Yeah, apparently he, like, drops, like, ten grand on a shot and gall. Like, he's, like, super addicted to gambling. Oh, yeah. He, that becomes a big part of the documentary. Yeah. 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 Is that conspiracy theory in it where they talk about how he, yeah, yeah. That conspiracy theory is, like, honestly, if that conspiracy theory happened now, like, if people came up with it now, that's probably fine. Right? Like, it sucks. It's still shitty to say, like, oh, you got your dad killed. But if it happened now, it's, like, one thing. But it happened right after his dad got killed. He was burying his father, and the tabloids were everywhere. Like, Michael Jordan kills father. Yeah. Well, I I totally can totally believe that the NBA secretly suspended him for a year. I totally buy that. I mean, it makes sense. Like, his whole thing about... Even in the documentary, it's edited in such a way that you know the editor believes that that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. like he's like, yeah, I just needed to get away from the spotlight, and then it hard cuts to him playing baseball. <laughs> yeah, he's he, yeah, he does like the one thing that like you wouldn't do if you needed to get like the whole I dude, I remember that the whole summer. It was like is Michael Jordan actually gonna make it? Is he gonna make the team? Yeah. And he he was apparently not as bad as people No, he was pretty good. Like, yeah. I I never he watched wasn't like playing baseball. Good. I felt I felt betrayed. <laughs> I was a tiny kid and I felt betrayed. Yeah. You were a tiny thirty three year old prince. Yeah. Just like now I'm, I'm a 33 year old prince when I was born and I'll be a 33 year old prince when I die. That's a, that's a good attitude. <laughs> I like that attitude. Uh, this episode was um, written by two people. There's a teleplay but I don't I don't normally pay attention to the who writes the teleplay. Like if people out there feel like that's important, like if, tel- if writing the teleplay is just as important as who wrote the story, let me know and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this if you think it's important. Oh, fucking hell. Um, this, episode, this is like good $1 quality shit you're getting today. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was written by Gary Holland and Ethan Kalk, which is also not a great name, but... <laughs> Suck my Kalk. <gulk. laughs> Gary Holland uh, got to write on this show because he was the vice president and executive director of Paramount Television. So Wow. And apparently So he demoted himself <laughs> to writer? <laughs> apparently at a certain point he created Smash Point Creative Works with his business partner, Maury Povich. Oh, Maury Povich. Holy shit. Well, Holland Gary Holland is from Baltimore where I'm moving near, so don't tell them where you're going to live. They're going to storm your house. And- Bel Air is like, if you can find my specific townhouse in the like endless, sprawling, suburban nightmare of townhouses that I'm moving to, you deserve to kill me. Like, wow. It is a needle in a haystack situation. I feel safe. <laughs> Damn. This dude's confident that you're not going to be able to find him. Fucking come at me is all I'm saying. <laughs> He's challenging you. <laughs> Come kill me. (laughs) Come kill me. Do me a favor. Just end it. Uh, Ethan Kalk, uh, he wrote two episodes of Deep Space Nine. (laughs) Wow. This episode in Visionary. Which one's Visionary? Uh, He also um, wrote the fan movie Star Trek The New Voyages and also the fan movie Star Trek of Gods and Men. He's busy. He loves them fan movies yeah that's cool I love that Star Trek has or had I guess um, Paramount put the fucking and CBS put the kibosh on that they had such an active fan film community yeah they didn't want that anymore no. though. I don't know if the rules still stand but like as of like last year the rules were you couldn't make anything longer than 22 minutes <laughs> and that yeah. includes both credit sequences I'm gonna make, like, a 10-minute Star Trek film, but have an 11-minute credit sequence. I'm using all that 22 minutes. You know what that makes me wonder, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, is, like, how long are all the Star Trek porn movies they made? Are they breaking Uh, the CBS rules? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna guess they're longer than that. You gotta have your multiple sex scenes, right? Everybody's gotta fuck everybody. Yeah, you gotta have the different... Yeah, the different types of people fuck each other. <laughs> Brunette on Guy. Blonde on Guy. This reminds me of this fucking B-movie that they reviewed on Best of the Worst. I wish I could remember the name of it, where, like, the guy's, like... Uh, it's in the script, and he's like, fuck the script. Here's your new script. These people come in, they're hot, and they're sucking and fucking each other all over the place. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, that's the plot." You got it, <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, I know the one Star Trek porn has and Harper in it. Oh, uh, we're getting into real. We're getting into like real specifics here. U- <laughs> Uni- Uniboob, right? They call her Uniboob. <laughs> uh, anyway, this episode of um, <laughs> Deep Space Nine is uh, strange because uh, there's no right or wrong answer to the episode. Yeah, this is real. Uh, Ronald D. Moore. This is super Ronald D. Moore. He didn't touch it according to He didn't. According to the Ronald. Well writers somebody and somebody was trying to emulate him then and they did a pretty good job. <clears throat> the episode's Sorry, central conflict before we get into the summary part of the episode is uh Our heroes crash land on a planet that is... Well, they don't crash land. They end up on a planet where their own descendants are there. And it turns out that when they try and leave, they're going to get shunted back in time and create this whole civilization. And if they don't do that, this whole civilization will cease to be. Which they treat like murder. They're murdering 8,000 people. Yeah, yeah. And to throw a monkey wrench into the situation, Kira is going to die if they don't get her back to the station. Yeah, she's got some sort of electrical brain cancer or something. Yeah, she's got like, uh, television's disease, where she's going to die soon, but she's perfectly fine on the outside. I believe it's also called MacGuffin's disease in some <laughs> circles. Um, and when we watched... When I did Rider Club Radio, we called it Japan Syndrome. Japan's <laughs> Syndrome, because in... Every tokusatsu (laughs) series, someone is going to die, but they can also karate fight for, like, 80 episodes. Yeah, like, like, Kira's fine for, like, the whole episode. And she's even like, I don't even feel, like, sick. And it's like, yeah, well. You're gonna die, so. Apparently, you're a walking zombie, so who knows. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we would have felt more for Kira's situation if she was, like, showing syndromes. Or symptoms, I mean. Yeah, like, if she was, like, sick. If she was, like... When she's, like, looking at her own grave, she, like, pukes on Odo. I think that would have helped this story. <laughs> and Odo was, like, creepily still fawning over her. he's was... still like, it's okay, I'm super horny for you. Yeah, is is Odo not, like, creepy as fuck in this episode? <laughs> I kind of don't think he is. There's there's kind of a nice moment when he, like, holds her hand. It's, it's kind of nice. It's not, I mean, he... It's tough, because, like, he's... Really stupid about things, anyway, right? Like he doesn't really know how to talk to anybody, let alone no. like a woman he loves. No, he's he is a pile of goo. After all, it's hard to have yeah. self confidence when you're a pile of goo. They really write that one out of the the, the script too, where he's like, can't hold his shape. <laughs> yeah, like we can't have two Odo's, right? So fuck <laughs> yeah. off. So he's we're just not like paying Renee double for this fucking episode. Get out of yeah. here. And then they immediately like hand wave that away and they're like, oh, "I figured out how to f- do that." Yeah. are <laughs> like, "I just the figured fuck? it out." Jesus Christ. <laughs> I also figured out how to rock a deep V and pull it off. <laughs> and I made my hair have sick highlights. <laughs> He's like I got better at shape shifting and I'm like, "You didn't get much better, dude. Your your face I, is still <laughs> all kinds of fucked up." But I found a bunch of Sugar Ray videos in the computer and I wanted that <laughs> haircut. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Um, Every morning when I die my... (laughs) I don't know how that song is. It's every morning when I lust after Commander Kira at the Promenade. Damn, that's beautiful. (laughs) She's a major at this point. I fucked it. They're going to cancel me now. It's all over. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it's pointed out in this episode... Like later, that um, Jedzia Dax feels like this is her fault. Like the later Dax, whose name I don't remember yet because I haven't read it. Yelden, Yelden, ugh, um. <laughs> Yelden. Yeah, that that's a that's a dickhead name. Like he reveals that he feels completely responsible, so she does as well because they're the same uh, worm. Yeah, because they're like ready to go home. They've been like doing work for like however long. And she's like, I found this creepy planet with the weird stuff around it. I want to go check it out. And everyone's like, dude, are you fucking serious? We want to go home and have sex and make another Molly. We gotta go. I'm trying to to bang my botanist wife. (laughs) I'm trying to make Molly, too. (laughs) I'm trying to freaking go to the holodeck and pay Quark money to fuck one of his electronic (laughs) hookers. I'm I'm trying to go home. And have a weird, quasi-sexual relationship where Kira gives birth to my child. Can Dude, we hurry up and get there? <laughs> that episode's crazy. And You're like, oh my god. Uh, so before we get into the uh, meat and potatoes of the podcast, I think we're gonna take a quick commercial break for station identification. We'll be right back after these messages. We're on a station. Oh, God. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Saturday, Fox, the fantastic X-Men are on the scene. Put me down! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ready to meet any challenge. You just can't get close to some men. And win peace for all mankind. Lives don't get much better than death. Join the incredible X-Men Saturday morning on Fox. Welcome back from those messages Hopefully you'll buy that good or service Welcome back Trek sluts Oh damn, you got a new name You thought you were all Trek boys? No, Trek sluts now Yeah, we're gonna make pants with that on the butt Oh, I'd wear that (laughs) Yeah, I would too So uh, the episode begins at the on the USS Defiant. We get a little voiceover saying that they've been in the Gamma Quadrant for about a week straight. At this point, so there's no war yet, right? They're no. still flying around Gamma Quadranting. Yeah, they're whatever. doing reconnaissance missions, trying to figure out what's up with this Gamma Quadrant. Yeah, they're like, "What's going on? The planets over here? Okay, yeah, there are. Okay, good. They got people. What's a Oh, there's different stars. Good. That's also." That's we're in space. Now we know where we are. (laughs) Um Like they're talking about what they want to do when they get home, and like Dax is like, I wanna sleep in my own bed. The bunks on the Defiant suck, and Kira's like, I wanna go to the Golian spa And Dax being like a massive horn dog, like always. Hell yeah. It's like you and Shakar should go. Yeah, who's the president of the Bajor people. You guys should go to the bathhouse together. That won't ruin his career or anything. That'd be like me and you having a conversation and me just being like, you and President Obama are just going to go to a spawn <laughs> fuck each other? Well, I mean, if I was fucking Obama already, that's what it would sound like. Yeah, yeah, which and I guess I that by like, that point wouldn't be a shock to me. And then I would be like, well, no, me and Obama aren't seeing each other anymore. Yeah, and I'd be like, what? <laughs> and uh, Odo's like, oh, what happened? Yeah. Except he's, he's, like, turning away and like, going, yes, 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 he's like, yes. Fuck. He's, like, fuck yeah, uh, Yes, yes. Fuck uh, you, uh, car, Basically, like, uh, another scene happens where I can't sympathize with Kira anymore, where she's, like, yeah, we couldn't work out. We went and asked the prophets if we were meant to be, and they said no, so we broke up. And I'm, like, wow, you guys fucking suck. Yeah, every now and then you get a little bit of that. Kira, I'm actually a crazy lunatic. Like I'm a, I'm a religious zealot who, yeah. like, if like the prophets don't bless my relationships, we just, we just immediately break up. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's pretty. It's a pretty sweet way to live when you're just brainwashed. It's like. You know, at this point, you're in season five. It's like willful ignorance to not know that the prophets are just aliens. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, uh, agreed. Like, at some point, you you're gonna need to like realize that like maybe your people's interpretation of what they're doing isn't the complete story, considering <laughs> yeah. what you've recently learned about them. I mean, yeah. It's their religion, and it's their right to follow their religion in any way they see fit. But like, yeah. Kira understands from like first person interaction with the prophets that most of the time they just don't give a shit about what is going yeah. on with the uh, the like time locked species. Yeah, they're they're not <laughs> super interested in anyone except for like uh, Cisco. Yeah, right. Like and everybody else is, like, co- is superfluous. They're they're like yeah. doing all their stuff through Cisco, and it's like, I'm, if I had to guess, the prophets didn't say that you guys should shouldn't walk the same path. They just didn't say anything. Yeah, they probably just were just like nothing happened. They were like, okay, if Shakira, if Shakira, oh if my Shakira god, Shakira, if and Shakira and Kira. Kira. <laughs> Dude, that would be their shipping Shakira. name. Yeah, it would Shakira. be Shakira. Shakira. Holy <laughs> shit! I'm an accidental genius. Uh, yeah, like uh, like if they if they should be together, uh, make this make something happen, and then they sit there and like a bird chirps and they're like, oh, "Is that it? That's it. That's <laughs> like, it. We should be together. <laughs> we should be together. We can fuck again." Yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, on the other hand, maybe a bird flew in the window and went, "Nope," and then flew nope. away. <laughs> You never know, right? Oh, uh, those Bajoran note birds. <laughs> Always ruining your prophecies. But like Odo gets up and leaves. He's like, Alright, bye. He's like, I gotta go uh masturbate. I mean regenerate. <laughs> it rhymes. I just I just messed up shit. And he like hastily walks away like a junior. He turned, he turns into a table in the in the room real quick. <laughs> a table with eyeballs and he looks at him. I think but yeah. uh, Odo walks outside the room and, like, this is season five, so I wasn't exactly sure where we were in the Odo development process. Yeah, So yeah. Odo leaving and standing outside the mess hall, uh, he doesn't portray any particular emotion except panic outside the mess hall. His eyes yeah. just keep darting around and he's breathing heavy. So I was, like... Yeah. Is he in love with her, or does he know something about a bomb planted in her, or what? Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I remembered that he, at this point, still loved her, and I knew that they weren't t- I, I Like, when we, when we first started, I didn't know if they were together yet. I was like, are they together now? I don't remember. But then when she talks about Shakar, I'm like, okay, I know where we are now. I got it. What a strange relationship, though, right? like It's weird, man. This is very much one of those, like, we're at a certain point in the show, we need to spice things up, kind of changes, right? Yeah, they they kind of fudged in this, will they, won't they, which is mostly a won't they, won't they? And then they kind of, like, make it a thing. And it's, it's a, one of the one things in this show, in this series, that, like, kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, you know? Yeah, it's a... And when they're together, like, as characters, they had a chemistry to begin with because, like, she's, like, in charge and he's, like, a hard nose investigator. Like, she's right. pretty much the... Ch- like, he, she and Sisko are pretty much, like, the chief who's like, I'm gonna take your badge and gun. Right, right, yeah. And uh, they had, like, a chemistry that way and they were friends. Um but that yeah. gets ruined when they end up in a relationship together, and then they just they're just kind of weirdly lovey-dovey at each other. There's uh, there's a fork in the road where they could have gone two different ways. They could have gone well, m- many different ways, but they they could have. I always felt like had like this father-daughter relationship. Oh yeah, like, I never really saw that. He's he's kind like he's like I don't know. They play up that he's like young. But he's not right. Like no, he, he acts Genois like a fifty-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, he acts old. Um, so I always thought that that would be the route that I would go with it, but they picked the let's have goose axe route. I don't know. There's a there's a problem in general in Star Trek that comes up a lot where uh, characters just can't be friends when they're yeah male and female. Yeah, I mean that's the TV itis, right? Yeah. Like, um there's there's like a romantic undercurrent with Picard and Crusher. And like right. there's a romantic undercurrent with Riker and Troy. And uh-huh. there's uh there's a there's a weird romantic undercurrent being formed between Data and Tasha Yar even. Right. And well they were just friends that fuck, that's a thing. Sure. <laughs> if she would have stayed on the show, that would have developed. I I will yeah. bet you anything. Yeah, it would have and uh characters don't interact all that often if they're opposite sex and they're not in some sort of like will they won't they situation. Yeah, I think that's a product of the time and and oh, yeah. again TV like people people like that they like that soap opera as, as much as Star Trek at this point in time is soap opera like that, that's kind of like all you're getting from that, right? Like is Sure. And it's kind of good too, because it's it's a little more complicated. I guess it's not like it's not like they like they don't date each other, and one of them's like bitter. You know what I mean? Like they're they're kind of evolved characters where they're like, look, it just didn't happen. Like like Warf and Troy, like like they talk about they talk about that right, where it's yeah. like, look, it just didn't it just didn't work. We just were friends, and that's fine. Yeah, and there's. <sighs> I think Star Trek is a little better about it than shows of the time cuz I mean if you go back and watch shows from like the late 80s early 90s like there's no such thing as a boy and a girl being friends without them no. being romantically involved like even yeah. when fucking Clarissa explains it all her boy her best friend was that kid who climbed in the window Sam Sam and they end up together Do they I'm fairly certain I remember I mean the kids climbing in your window <laughs> There is there is a specific caveat to this that I'm sure people listening are like yelling at me at this point. If the friend is of a different race, they will right. never hook up. <laughs> right. That was, I was gonna, that was late 80s, early 90s for sure. I was gonna use like the movie Bumblebee, like the, the kid he's a black kid and the, and the girl is white and they don't end up together and now And I and in my head I'm like oh that's kind of like okay because like they didn't want to push this weird romantic thing but now that you said that I'm like wait a minute maybe why why, doesn't that kid yeah you just made me think of fucking Ray and Finn now right exactly Ray and Finn exactly exactly well they're not even like friends at the end of the third movie. They're like, hey, remember when we were friends two movies ago? (laughs) Remember when we were friends before two directors started fighting as hard as possible to make their vision happen? Get ready. George Lucas is coming back. Get ready. Man, uh, there's a part of me that's genuinely excited to see what the fuck's going to happen with that, right? Yeah. Apparently, there's like a four-hour cut of Rise of Skywalker. It's like apparently totally different. Oh, wow. Totally different. Jesus. I mean, that's sort of the thing now, right, is like, even, I I don't know if I believe that, because that's the thing now, right, where people are like, the reason why people don't like my movie is because they cut it up. If you watch the full length version, you'd love it. We can't show you that version, though. Not yet, but you're gonna have to get Disney Plus and then you'll be able to see it in two years, yeah. right? Yeah, that like Snyder cut shit, right? I can't yeah, wait a- until that comes out and everybody's like, oh, this still sucks. Okay, no, it's still gonna suck. It's that movie's terrible. Yes, like, it is. That's gonna be it's still gonna suck. He's got a black suit on like in the freaking comic book. Oh, oh my boy. god, this movie's amazing. No, it's not gonna happen. I do, I do one costume change can save a whole movie, right? <laughs> I mean they did give Captain America Mjolnir and people to their pants super hard. Uh I like that part. <laughs> no, I do too. I do too. You're it's, right though, it was just in. The, um somebody but that's, got a prop and, yeah, and somebody got a the whole thing. It, yeah. Yep. Yep. Looking back on that movie, like it's fine. I got nothing against it, but man, uh, a lot of shit happens for a not a lot of shit happening in that movie. It's it's the end it's just, it's just a big just fight end, right? scene yeah the whole movie's the end of the whole thing and like I, right. I guess i got spoiled like cuz i've watched so many martial arts movies and like hong kong action movies are like fucking incredible the action yeah. in them yeah and whenever i see a fight scene in an american movie it's like everybody's so slow why is everybody moving so slow yeah <laughs> there's a couple scenes in episode 1 where you're like Hey Obi Wan, uh, <laughs> act like you fucking give a shit. You know what I mean? There's one part where he's like killing the droids, and they're walking into like the hangar or something, and he's just dilly dallying. Like he's just like twirling his lightsaber. Yeah. It's like dude doesn't even like like they told him to, to pretend it was intent, and he was like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in your Star Wars, whatever." Yeah. My uncle was Wedge. He that's uh, my fun fact of the day. He like he became the only reason to watch the next two movies though. He he carries those movies directly on his back. Yeah. He's gonna be Obi Wan again, so that's cool. I'm pretty excited about that actually. Like I really like yeah. his Obi Wan. Yeah, he's cool. He's his Obi Wan like. is like a swashbuckling like Errol Flynn type of character. I like that a lot. He really made like old Obi Wan and young Obi Wan make sense. Like yeah how Obi-Wan's he's kind of a dickhead like he's kind of like a yeah. smart ass dickhead you right? see where he comes from as well like yeah. if I had to go through all that shit I'd be an asshole in the desert too right yeah like when they're fucking like rescuing him on Geonosis and he's like we came to rescue you and he, and Obi-Wan's like good job like that's like <laughs> such a fucking dickhead <laughs> thing to say yeah <laughs> Uh, there's also that line that everybody fucking points out where he's like Sith are our specialty and it's like yeah, yeah you get your ass beat by him every time sure <laughs> Um, so back to Star Trek <laughs> yeah, the other star uh, on the bridge of the defiant like somebody's passing out Raktigino and Cisco's like nah I'm trying to cut down that becomes important later if you yeah, aren't paying attention seconds. you should have how how do I get Raktigino I don't know. I think there's like that um, food replicator tumbler that I sent to you before yeah. has a recipe for Ractigino on it. that sounds what is really it, like, good. Espresso with donkey piss in it? Like what sure. is it? No, it's like um, it's like it's it's like espresso with like a like chocolate and cinnamon in it. That sounds delicious. It does sound delicious. Um, O'Brien is like blabbing about his fucking daughter, and everybody's not paying attention like always. <laughs> and um, Dax is like "Oh, I found this cool planet that's got like uh, an energy field around it let's check it out yeah and everybody looks at her like are you fucking kidding me right now yeah I would have been like no we're going home <laughs> Yeah. did you not just hear us whining for the last several scenes about how yeah. bad we want to go home I don't want to sleep in these bunk beds anymore was she, and uh, the thing that should have sent up a red flag immediately in my head is she's like, oh there's quantum fluctuations in the barrier let's check yeah. it out you throw quantum fluctuations in anything and you should yeah. probably shoot a probe in there first see what's going on if I heard the word quantum on this on the bridge of a starship I would just fucking all hands off deck immediately like I would yeah. just immediately jump in a runabout and leave. I'm going back to the station. The only quantum I want to hear about is Quantum Leap. Hell yeah. In the holodeck at Quark's. Except everyone's buck naked. (laughs) There's a lot of scenes in Quantum Leap where people are buck naked, actually. I think there could be more, honestly. Well, it could just be the whole show, really, if you want to get into it. Uh, Computer, run Quantum Leap Buck Naked Program Henderson A. C- computer run quantum leap program a mod nude mod nude mod. mod larger penis mod mod big butts mod uh big vagina's question <laughs> mod brannon braga mod please <laughs> <laughs> the br- <laughs> Braga mode on. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh Jesus fuck! It's dragging me in! It's dragging me in! It's the thing from Starship Troopers. (laughs) It's afraid! Yeah! (laughs) Uh, O'Brien is like, I don't want to fucking do this. I want to go home. And Dax is like, oh, uh, a probe won't make it through the barrier. Sure. We need to go through ourselves, right? Yeah, this is a great idea. Uh, Our scientific method won't work. Let's crash into it. And Cisco is like, ugh, fine. Fine. And as soon as they enter the barrier, the ship starts to shake. And this is my favorite part of the whole episode. Several times during the episode, Cisco looks directly at Dax like, this is your fault. Yeah, like, this is completely your fucking fault. Yep. And she just does this, like, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, man. Uh, Kira gets electrocuted into two Kiras and then one Kira. (laughs) And, uh, like, she's like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But then she, like, holds her head and, like, you're not fine. What are you doing? Yeah, the panel just electrocuted you. Like, you should probably, like, just go get scanned. Like, it'll take literally one second, right? Like... This this, this is the great moment where, like, uh, O'Brien is like, our our gyrometric stabilizers have depolarized and our inertial dampeners are offline. We're gonna be here for a couple weeks and everyone looks at that. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like... The kid at the end of class who asks for homework, you're like, are you fucking kidding me? She just kind of like slinks down her head into the Mm -hmm. collar of her shirt, like, and she goes, (laughs) oh, oh, no, oh, golly, I'm going to get beat up on the playground, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Worf is in this episode as well. He says, "Uh, we're being hailed from the surface? Question mark? Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's 8,000 people and they're human? What the fuck? And then the Unsolved Mysteries theme plays. (sighs) Don't sue us. Um, (laughs) Please, you're back. Don't sue us. I was slightly disappointed in the theme song. It's like a remix of the original one. I think like, the show's better, though. I think it, it's a it better It is show. better. It's like a better show. It's Although there's like a nostalgia factor to the original one that this one can't compete with. Yeah. It's well, a they, better they, show quality-wise. Th- they updated it by just making it like a true crime podcast, really, yeah, right? Yeah, pretty like, much. Which yeah. is like true crime podcasts do have like a lifeline that goes directly back to Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but anyway like a human woman and a trill are they're like welcome to Gaia Sis- Benjamin cisco and he's like what? Yeah. Gaia and he's like <laughs> come on and beam down and we'll talk over a Gino." but wait I forgot you're trying to cut down damn and they're like what the fuck is this crazy I bet we're gonna be sex slaves we better go down and check it out <laughs> He's like, oh shit, how did he know about the beginning of the scene? <laughs> <laughs> he must have read the script. <laughs> he wasn't even here. <laughs> he wasn't at the script read, how did he know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Cisco, Dykes, Worf, and O'Brien beam down to uh, like a farm village. Like a farmville, yeah. if you will. Farmville, yeah, on Facebook, yeah. And there's a bunch of kids playing ball and they're all like, oh boy, are you timers time time. time... <laughs> Yeah, my great 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 grandfather. And the she, the one lady's like, it's me, Miranda O'Brien. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's me, Yedrin Dax. And they're all like, what the fuck? Yeah, and they're like, yo, scan my tum tum. There's a worm in there. It's the same worm. We the same worm, baby. And Dax is uh, our Prime Dax. Our Dax Jadzia is like, he's right. There's a worm in there. It's the same one. It's me. <laughs> it's me. And he's like, she's like, yeah, this is definitely an O'Brien. Even though like, you couldn't tell just by looking at her, she was an yeah, O'Brien. <laughs> Irish as shit. Like, everyone who's related to O'Brien is, like, fucking Irish to the nth degree. Like, red, that's... curly hair, like, Irish-ass faces. That, that, that's Irish-ass faces. We both have Irish-ass faces. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go wash my Irish-ass face. I'm gonna start saying that. But uh, she's like, yeah, a Starfleet vessel crashed on this planet two centuries ago, and it was your vessel. We haven't had the USS Defiant round these parts in two hundred years. Some say she's still out there. Oh no, wait, she's not. We cannibalized her to make a TV room. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're all your descendants. Yep. And everybody has their shocking spit take that lasts yep. like, three or four scenes. Yeah, it's about that. O'Brien that is standing in the background of every scene for the rest of this episode, spitting his rock to out. Yeah, he he's not having it. He doesn't like this. No, because the idea is that he gets with uh, Ensign Tannenbaum because, like, ten years later, because he can never get back to his family. Yeah, he's like, Ensign I would, Christmas Tree. Like, I would I would never cheat on my wife, no matter how yeah. long it went. I would never do that. Yeah, and uh. We never see Rita Tannenbaum at either. She's completely unimportant. Even though she's made stuff half the DNA of half the people here. We never see her. <laughs> Dude, what a mind fuck. What yeah. a complete mindfuck. This Imagine, would like break people. This would like seriously traumatized people yeah you like imagine you like fucking walk through uh like an archway right and it turns out to be a portal you didn't know was there and you're just surrounded by a bunch of little red-headed fuckers who are like ah great grandpa yeah i mean i that's kind of one of the things i love about star trek in general is like it's like these people are like li- really pushing the limit of human experience right like oh yeah like part of exploration of the of the galaxy is also running into these just crazy events that like they're used to the weirdness at this yeah, point. They're like trained for it, right? Like they're they're like psychonauts almost. Yeah, like they're, they're like they're straight up challengers of the unknown. Yeah. Like that yeah. is their job. So they're yeah. so used to it. It's nuts. But yeah, like, um, Cisco is uh, he does not believe what's happening. He's like, you know, whatever. This is a trick. Yeah. But uh, Yedrin Dax is like, yeah, tell tell me, I'll tell you something that only Curzon Dax would know. <laughs> and he's like, sure. He's like, yeah, do you remember that dancer you met on Pelio Station? It's just goes like, all right, that's enough. Yep. I, he's like, yep, 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 I got it. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Yedrin and Jed Zia laugh about it. <laughs> but uh a, a little 90s boy, little 90s actor kid. Jonathan like, Taylor at Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like every other little 90s kid actor. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up and he's like, "Are you the son of Moog? Yeah, worse like, uh yeah. Like, Fuck yeah. Can you kill someone just by looking at them? And Worf's like, only when I'm angry. <laughs> the little kid <laughs> fucking runs off, which is such a Worf thing to say. Like, of course it's I great. can. It's great. Um, there's a, there's a really great scene where, like, they go to a schoolhouse, and there's two kids doing homework with, a, like, a digital image of Quark. Who's yeah. Teaching them. Quark's the teacher, and he's like, if you have three cassava roots, and you need to eat a yurt melon and you're like what the fuck? This is terrible math, Quark. I don't know what the (laughs) fuck you're getting at. Yeah, Quark would be like, you take them both. (laughs) And then you corner the market. And then Umox. The little kids would be like what? (laughs) What is Umox? Don't listen to that. I need to reprogram this. (laughs) <laughs> um one of the little girls is like oh most people don't have spots so i'm special and the little yeah. redheaded girl is like it's just genetics yeah she's jealous super redhead yeah super redhead move yeah it's just here's the science you nerd um, you're not special <laughs> the little girl's name is jesus the little girl's name is molly and o'brien's of course like oh i named my little girl molly yeah, and, and they're like, there's tons of mollies here, and it, like, freaks them out even more. He's like, oh, God, my seed. My seed. I have so much calm all over this place. <laughs> um, They didn't send out a distress call because they were 200 years in the past, and the wormhole wasn't uh, discovered. Yeah, um, we were we were talking about this before the show, and I was saying, why didn't they, like, try to figure out a way to warn themselves. Yeah, exactly. Josh brought that up and I was immediately like, fuck, you're right. I didn't even think of it. You're hundred percent. But I guess right. So like the the crew, right? The the crew who crashes in the in the past, so to speak, that like all of our favorite characters, our heroes, they should have sent a message to themselves. Yeah. Like, I understand why, like, Yeldon and... Y- Yeldon? Yeldren? Whatever. Yeldrin. I understand why they didn't do it, because, like, then they would vanish. They wouldn't exist, but... Why didn't the original cast crew do that? Yeah, it's Yedrin actually. I was wrong too. Yedrin, but like you're right. It's that would be the number one thing you would do. Like the you bill and Ted yourself, right? You send the information to yourself through time by just leaving it somewhere that they're gonna run into, right? Why didn't they do that? But they don't do that. I guess really in the long run, when you think about it, because the war hasn't started yet, they haven't really met the founders in the same way. Yeah. Um if they would have sent out a distress buoy, that would have been very bad for them. <laughs> Probably. The Geminar would show up. <laughs> but uh they didn't know that at the time, so there's really no, no reason yeah. why they didn't do yeah. it. It's just so we could have this cool time travel esque yeah. story. So, um what happens there? I don't remember. Like, there's a lot of, like, hemming and hawing. Well, they talk about they, the 48 crewmen that slept in the yeah. middle building. Like, one of the little girls says it. And Cisco's like, 48. And Yedrin's, like, oh, you know, Kira dies. Yeah. And and, um, and the one girl's, like, do you want to go see her grave? Yeah. She was so <laughs> excited about it, too. Because to her, it's, like, history, right? Yeah. To her, it's, she wasn't, like, a per. That's, like, a really nice touch. Like, because she's, like, a kid, like, she doesn't really know how inappropriate that is, you know? Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, if somebody was like, do you want to go see the grave of Ulysses S. Grant, if I was, right. like, his fucking friend. Yeah, if you were his, like, brother. <laughs> like, yeah. what? <laughs> Grant, uh, I, would, I would probably not be friends with Grant, but, um... He was be- a cool drunk. Yeah. Yeah, I would be friends with He did with with kick the ass of the friends. slave owners, so that's a good one. That's true, <laughs> but he he did kind of own slaves too before, but... Did he? I'm fairly certain. I, I think his family did. I don't think he did, but... um, I'm sorry if I slandered Grant, if that turns out to not be true. Well, can... his zombie will come back and avenge you. He knows where you live. You live in Bel yeah. Air, Maryland soon. <laughs> he can search through the million townhouses to find... <laughs> He's got time. Where's the house? (laughs) He's got time. Um, Ghost horse, away! (laughs) I didn't know he had a ghost horse. Fuck, don't come. Of course I do, you slut! Man, he sounds (laughs) fairly similar to someone else we know, doesn't he? Shut up! It's me! I'm back! (laughs) (laughs) Turns out Ulysses S. Grant is Samuel Clemens. What? (laughs) Double mask, baby. (laughs) But, um... Worf mentions that if they leave the planet, then this timeline will collapse. Mm-hmm. Everybody here will cease to exist. Yedrin is like, "I've got this plan that will create like a subspace doubling effect that'll send one version of the Defiant home and one version to crash on this planet, so we still exist." Which yeah, is sounds they like never, some Star Trek shit. It does, and they also never pause to talk about how fucked up it is for the people that are on this ship that's gonna crash. <laughs> yeah, I get... I mean, it's... You're breaking all kinds of laws anyway, right? Like, you're fucking with the time-space continuum the, at the, this point. The episode is really smart about this because, like, later we find out this whole plan is horse shit. Yeah, it's bullshit. But... It's I, all a, a lie to get them to do what they were going to always do anyway. Yeah. And it's it's really... The episode is extremely smart about it because, uh, when Kira gets electrocuted, it does create, like, a quick little, like, after image of her when she moves. So you think, this is all on the level, of course there was a subspace doubling effect. We saw it. Right. That is smart. Um, and, uh, there is, uh... So this is their their big plan, and it happens early enough in the episode that you know it's going to fail. It's going to be bullshit. Yeah, you're like, this is not a real thing. This is like a a, a red herring. Yes. And uh, Cisco is like, you know, anything for you, old man. And they like smile yeah. awkwardly at each other, and then they kiss each other, and it's like. I mean, that's cool. I guess there are <laughs> like, cu- there are a couple times in this episode where it definitely looks like Cisco is going to kiss Yedrin, or Gen yeah. is going to kiss Yedrin. Yeah, Cisco at the end like hugs him, and it it's actually like really good. At I mean, it's it's Avery Brooks. He's a yeah, he's a great, amazing actor. actor. So like, you really feel like he's like like. Like whispering something to him or or there's like real emotion there. And the other guy's pretty good too. Yeah, he's not I don't know know his name. He does that sort of like standard Star Trek guest star actor where like they're not as comfortable in the role as everybody else. So they're kinda like they're a little wooden, but he does a better job than usual of it for sure. Yeah. He gets a hang of it. When when you hug Avery Brooks, it just like puts something in you. You just feel the love. I would hug that man. I wish yeah. I want an Avery Brooks stuffed animal. <laughs> love to go with my Toby the Targ that I'll never get. God, Crystal is still trying to make Toby the Targ. Toby, Toby, let's go, Crystal. <laughs> she's uh, she's just not had a whole lot of time for it because we're moving. But uh, yeah, no. I, um, yeah, I was looking him up and I was like, uh. Why doesn't anyone just make these? But like, apparently you need to, like, find the stuffed animal that it was, yeah, and they're kind of hard to like, find. She's trying to make it from scratch, but, like, yeah. the stuffed animal doesn't exist that it's based on anymore. Yeah, you could probably fi- I think there was a website that was like, here's, like, a similar-looking warhog. Oh, well, I'll look into that, but... Um, yeah, and then you just make spikes for its back. She could do that easy. Like, she made uh, sand seals from Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Like, she just made them, and they look fucking amazing. That's awesome. Back up on the Defiant, Kira is in bay, and Bashir is just going on and on and on about his descendants and, like, what they did. Like, he's real proud of these people he just met that he's related to. Yeah, we don't know yet that he's also, like, a superhuman. (laughs) That's true. That hasn't come up yet. His DNA is, like, pretty potent. Um... And we learned that, this is where we learned that Odo can't turn back into a solid on this planet. Yeah. There's, like, the quantum fluctuations are keeping him a goo boy. Yeah, he's, like, molasses in a jar. Yeah, I, I wonder, like, what they use for the prop. Because it's the same prop that they use for, like, when Alex Mack is in a jar or something. It's, it looks like some kind of gelatin. Like, some kind of, like, slime from Nickelodeon, but yeah, not green. definitely Nickelodeon slime. <laughs> they called up Nickelodeon. We're like, we're going to need more Odo. <laughs> so said, there's more Odo, please. Okay. Uh, Bashir's going to go down to the planet to meet his descendants. And so he leaves. He's, uh, he's very unimportant to this episode. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's extraneous. And um, a door opens and Akira, and Odo walks in. And Kira's like, what the shit? And he, his facial features are like somewhat more defined. And he's got like a deep V going straight down to the navel. Yeah, he's he's rocking some farm hand looking ass aesthetic. He's he's really looking like he's ready to go put his like Crocs on and go hang out at the beach. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I countered the barriers effect. Don't ask about it. And hand waves it away. I've gotten better at shape shifting. Whatever. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm super hot now. Yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> ugh. She's like, uh, I mean, not to knock anybody that's into Odo, I guess, but ugh. Yeah. Um, I, lo- I love Odo. I love, I love him. I love him. I love him. I'm gonna make my own goo, boy. <laughs> boy, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> 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 um But then Odo starts straight creeping on her, like rubbing on her face and everything. Yeah, he's touchy, he's got a little touchy, but... She's like, what? She's like in shock. She's like, yeah, what the she's fuck? She's like, what the fuck? And he's like, don't you get it? I've loved you, and I've always loved you. And she's yeah. like, what the fuck? What? You like from said his anything. From his point of view, right, like, he's been waiting 200 years to say that. Because he knows they're coming yeah. back. Yeah, right? that's true. He has been waiting this whole time. So he's been just like, I mean, for him, 200 years is probably not as, as long, but... Still, it's a while away. Yeah, I don't know, he was was what, like four when Deep Space Nine started? Yeah, but they don't, they live for like ever. They like never die. That's true, he was only four from the time he was found anyway, so we don't really know how old he actually is. Yeah, when I was four, I was head of security in a space station. Get over it, (laughs) Odo. It was much harder for you too because you are very short limbs. Yeah, they had to give me like a smaller phaser and shit, it was crazy. They made you a cute little baby phaser, and every time you pulled it out, people were like, aww. Yeah, except it still could vaporize people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to change the settings. (laughs) It's stuck on (laughs) ten. He's killed three captains. (laughs) That's why, even though he started at four, Josh is still an ensign. Yep. He's killed so many captains. He's still working off that killing the captain's karma. (laughs) (laughs) He still does it to this day, so... Um, Don't like me a captain. (laughs) But Kira's like, yeah, like, you loved me? And he's like, yeah, I still do. And she's like, it must have been really hard when I came and told you about all the weird sex I was having with (laughs) Shakar, right? (laughs) The very detailed, very graphic stories I told about Shakar's dick. Yeah, we did some weird shit, right? High five. High five. (laughs) Right? Don't leave me hanging, Odo. And Odo's like... (sighs) slowly <laughs> high-fives. <laughs> but he's like, you know, I wanted to be a good friend. And uh, he's like, you know, just spend some time with me. Because I've yeah, waited 200 years. let's go hang out years. at your grave. <laughs> he, he very much like, guilts her straight into it, right? He's like, I've been waiting 200 years. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. And yeah, let's go hang out at your grave. <laughs> let's go to, Let's go sit by your dead-ass body. <laughs> But, uh... So, um... Sisko's back on the planet. He's holding a baby, and he's really losing it over this fucking baby. Yeah, he loves this baby. And, uh, Jed Zia calls him, and he's like, Yeah, we uh, figured out Yedrin's plan is gonna work, and so we're gonna start all the preparations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, um... He says everything's gonna be alright to the baby, which is, like, a straight-up lie. He doesn't know. He doesn't know, though. I mean, it could be alright for that baby. Uh, but it doesn't turn out that way. <laughs> They're also so unbelievably sure that it's going to erase this timeline. Like, have they never heard of the alternate timeline theory? Not the in this episode. timeline theory? They don't, that's not in this one. No, well there's no moral dilemma if that exists. Right. If you could have all the possibilities, you're like a god at that point. There's no nothing matters, right? Like Yeah. Do whatever you want. (laughs) Also, like, the kid runs up to, uh, the little 90s actor boy runs up to Worf and Bashir, and he's like, the Klingons are coming! The Klingons are coming! (laughs) And everyone's like, hell yeah! Because you think for a minute, like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe this'll be bad, right? But... Yeah, but everybody's cool with it. Everyone's like, yeah, cool, Klingons. And, like, three... The three Klingons we ever see show up. Yeah. And, uh... Two of them look like straight TOS Klingons. Yep. Yeah. No forehead ridges, and there's one who has little tiny forehead ridges. Yeah. And they're like we are the sons of Moog. Damn. Some by blood and some by choice. We live as warriors, hunters. Yeah, they don't do any of that plant tree shit. Yeah, they don't they don't do farming. They hunt instead. Yeah. And uh, the little boy is like, I'm gonna be a son of Moog, too! I'm gonna do all this shit! And And she's listing it. (laughs) Yeah, and the woman's like, Maybe next fall. Yeah! (laughs) He's like, maybe when you're older, you'll get your own Klingon name. (laughs) And so the sons of Moog are gonna have a celebratory dinner for Worf. And Worf is like, Fuck yeah! Yeah, I wanna eat some fucking food and talk about battles and shit. Fake Klingons are better than no Klingons, am I right? <laughs> I guess they they are Klingons by blood or choice. So I mean, yeah, they're Klingons. They're yeah. they're partially Klingons, so it counts. Um, yeah, the main guy is, is he because he's got the Mechleth I guess yeah, he's like, like the, the leader. leader. I guess his yeah. name is his name is Brota. I don't think anyone ever says that, but it's Brota. Here, yeah. What's up, Brota? What's up, Brota? Do, do not say my name that way. <laughs> Say, like, what? (laughs) What's up, Bruda? Uh, Jedzia and Yedrin are, like, working on uh, the Defiant Systems. And um, they have a little conversation about how Jedzia and Worf get married. Yeah. And um, really, like, the thing is if you look at this episode with the eyes of, like, a genealogist, this settlement makes no sense. I think it would work. I, I believe that they do have enough mating pairs to make it work. Sure. I think you only need eight. Then you end up with, like, if the dude... I guess, like, the maybe the spots are, like, a recessive gene. and the, Yeah. And the forehead ridges are, like, a recessive gene. Yeah. It could make sense in, in that way. Like, if you... Because, like, shouldn't all of the descendants of Worf be, like, have part... Klingon blood and part Trill blood. Yeah, but some of them are not his descendants. That's true. Some of them are the ones who decided they wanted to be hunters, right? right. I mean, there's no telling what's really gonna like show physically. Yeah, who knows, right? Like my parents, my parents don't have red hair, and I have red hair. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, like I ended up with green eyes, and my parents don't have green eyes. Yeah, I ended up with a huge dick, and my dad doesn't have a huge dick. I got tiny dick. (laughs) Tell everybody. (laughs) Tell everybody my dick's bigger than my dad. <laughs> That's when you know you've really made it as a man when your dick's bigger <laughs> than your dad. When you dad dick your own dad <laughs> <laughs> Um But like uh, they have this little conversation about, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing about Jad Z and Worf getting married. Yep. Which Does spoilers happen? End of spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) Like, skip over that one second. Skip over that one second. (laughs) Uh, My, like, (laughs) O'Brien and Bashir are having one of their classic talks where Bashir won't shut up and O'Brien wants him to go away. Yeah, leave me alone. (laughs) And uh this is like O'Brien straight up like, look, I have a wife and kids back home. I guess he says kids, so I guess the uh, other kid has happened. Oh, yeah, right. I do think it has, has yeah. happened already yeah and um Bashir just pieces out right and yeah, uh, two two little girls run up and start laughing at O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> Which, at like any age, is disconcerting. Like, yeah, it's like, what is saying about me? What is happening? Yeah, what are they talking about? Uh, and with the echoes of two little girls laughing at O'Brien for being O'Brien, I think we should take another commercial break and take that O'Brien. We'll be back after these giggles at O'Brien's expense. <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Burger King has been invaded by Alp puppets. Please help. Hey, I'm hungry. Yo, want a Whopper? No problem. Just two ninety nine and a flame broiled Whopper or large sandwich gets you your own Alp. Four different furry aliens, each comes with his own record. Cause we're doing the Mad Max These aliens are friendly, but they're getting out of hand. <laughs> Hurry, just two ninety nine gets another Alp out of here. We, we do it like you, you do it at Burger King. Oh, yeah. Where'd you your part? Huh. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the to the podcast. Hopefully you're having a good day. You guys having a good day out there? Tell us. Say it, say it back to the microphone right now. Yeah. Also, maybe tweet like a smiley or something at us. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Make it a kitty cat smiley if it's a really good day. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to get like a wave of frowny faces. Good. Good. <laughs> At least someone will be talking to us. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, back on the planet Gaia, um, Kira is... <laughs> away, away, I just keep <laughs> thinking of that every time you say that. Kira and Odo are having a, uh, just a lovely date at Kira's grave. Yeah, you know, as you do. Kira's is, uh, like, uh, weirded out by the concept of, like, defying her own destiny yeah so it ties in with earlier with her asking the prophets and it's an interesting uh i think this is where the religion thing is interesting to me because it's like it's it's like a dilemma that i don't sympathize with but is interesting right i get i get why like this would freak her out right because like in her from her point of view like like there is no destiny if we can just like change it <laughs> like if we could just have it both ways right like yeah like what what is destiny there isn't any but except to, to her destiny know. is everything it's like the prophets have a plan for you and yeah. it's but like then you get into the question of like did the prophets not plan for this right did, are they you not have all to... knowing and all seeing did they not make your life a plan that would include right. this? When I was watching this, I was thinking about like all the old, like old stories, like the Odyssey, and it's like there in our human storytelling mind, and in this show is no different. Uh, if you go far enough into your own destiny, like if you travel along that path far enough, you reach your real destiny. Like right, like so, it's good that what winds up happening does like does happen. Because the Alpha Quadrant, everybody would be screwed if they stay there. Oh, the yeah, whole absolutely. war is fucked, right? We, we would, like, we, the Federation, as we always talk about, we, yeah, we would be wiped off the face of the map. There'd be nothing yeah. left. So those 8,000 people, like, at this point in time, like, that's a shitload of people. And, like, we have to, like, like there's people who are like, well, we have to, like, not let them True. die or whatever. But, like, like, we have to, you know... Like, beyond their understanding of the situation, like, if they traded Kira's life for the 8,000 people, like, if yeah. Kira died, the 8,000 people lived, you're actually trading the lives of, like, hundreds of billions of, billions people, of people for the 8,000. Yeah. They just didn't and that's, know. Yeah, that's what the prophets, like, are, are trying to stop. Yes. Right? So, in a way, like, Kira doesn't even know what she's talking about which is like of course she doesn't it's religion right like it's mysterious like she thinks that she knows but she really has no fucking clue it's it's weird for such a devout person to think that she knows what i guess it's not weird if you look in our No, that's totally our not weird <laughs> <our> world it's <laughs> yeah, like, exactly to think what they would know happen. what their god wants them yeah, to do I'll, like cuz they're the most devout they're the most pious right so they get to know but they don't they no. she doesn't know no um Odo says that uh, you know the this plan needs to go forward it won't change anything for me but uh, the Odo that's now that's still in the defiant like the main timeline Odo won't have to lose Kira which means more than anything and Kira's yeah. kind of like oh shit I didn't think about it that way yeah um Cisco is playing baseball with kids as he's wont to do. <laughs> And Jed Zia kind of comes up. She's like, I need to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, oh, we got a problem. He's like, can it wait? I'm playing my favorite game. Throw ball with Mitt. Th- throw ball with kid. <laughs> and uh, she's like, look, Yedrin faked the logs so that we would think the plan would work. It was never going to create a yep. duplicate Defiant. We were yep. just going to get sent back through time and create his timeline. Yep. And Cisco is mad. They go to Yedrin and they like, they're like... Dude, you fucked us. You fucked us. (laughs) And she's straight up like, you fucked us. You fucked me. You fucked me. I'm you. (laughs) Fuck you. And this is where, like, Josh and I had a whole conversation about this scene before the show, which is a smart way to make a podcast. Yep, that's definitely how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where Yedrin is like, you don't understand what it was like to be the one who's responsible for us being stranded on this planet. For the yeah. the suffering that everyone went through. Like, Everybody wanted to go home. I wanted to check out this planet. And if I hadn't, none of us would have had to have gone through any of this. Right. And so now I'm going to make you go through all of this on purpose. Again, yeah. Which it's... doesn't make any sense. That's not the correct motivation. Right. Yeah, if Dax. I guess it all comes down to he's also Yedrin, and he's not da- just Dax, right? I guess that's true. I mean, like, the thing that really comes to mind for me is, like, this whole scene plays out like somebody being, like, look, I love this person so much. They're my everything, and I'll do whatever is necessary to keep them protected and safe and alive and happy. So uh-huh. now I'm going to kill them. <laughs> right so they have to suffer it doesn't make any sense like his motivation yeah. is literally against his own best interests and yeah. his own motivations but I, I, uh I you're right he is a, Yedrin as well he's in a lose lose right like yeah. he won't exist if, if he gives him the right way out of the anomaly like jedzia understands cause she feels the same way yeah, but um, like Cisco is straight up. He says, "Look, you are not judge, jury, and executioner of a people. You don't get to decide who lives. And you don't dies. get to decide who lives or dies. Like we're going to try and go home, right? And we're gonna do everything that is possible in our power to go home. And uh, whether what that does to your." Your people and everything we don't know, but you know we have to we, try and survive. We have we that also right. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we have that right to try and survive. He says. Yeah, that the, their future doesn't exist yet, right? Like yes. Cisco and the crew. Their future is the future. It, it's pointless to argue about like what would be right because like you've already tainted the whole objectivity of it by knowing what happens. So, yeah. you can change it, and obviously you can You can change it, right? Like, you can just literally sidestep the problem. <laughs> like, whoops. There's a scene that happens right after this that I thought was genius, right? Where, like, uh, Worf and Kira, a, like a pairing that almost never happens, yeah, are sort of standing uh, looking through a crack in a wall, which was strange directing, but I guess it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And, um... Worf is so straightforward. He's like, uh, we will leave here and the colonists will cease to exist, but we will continue right. And Kira is like, I just don't think it's right. Like we have our uh, our destinies and this is defying them. Mm-hmm. And Worf is like, you know it's not you can't blame yourself like And she's like, well, if it wasn't for me, then we wouldn't be going back in such a hurry or whatever, which is bullshit. Like, everyone wants to go home. Yeah, there, it wouldn't be. It's... It, she's... She's... Like, I kind of like this about her because she, this is her being imperfect. Like, she's being ego egotistical. Like, she, she kind of believes, like, they're leaving just because of her, and sure. that's not true. Sure. Like... Everyone has a life on back at the station that they want to get back to. They don't want to, like, crash land on the fucking planet. You know what I mean? Like, and fuck like that. Having a character with flaws is... Like, it's a necessary component for good writing, and it's also necessary to make us empathize with a character. Yeah. I feel like television has gone, like, so far in that direction, though, that most protagonists... Most characters in most television shows are completely unlikable. Flaws. Yeah. This works for Kira because not only is she Kira as the character, but she represents Bajor as a whole. Yeah. And Bejor is slowly learning what's out there. like yeah. Well, I mean, like... This shit gets nuts out there, and you need to kind of, like, set aside your preconceived notions if you're gonna be out here dealing with that shit, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. You're right. She's She is learning as Bajor is learning. It's like our yeah. window. Yeah. And... The characters in Deep Space Nine are flawed in a way that makes them endearing. Everybody has mm. their flaws, and you feel for them because of them. It's not just, right. like, monsters on TV pretending to be human. Yeah, humans. it's not House, right, where he's just an asshole. I was thinking of Breaking Bad, where almost yeah. every character on Breaking Bad is, like, a monster. Yeah. They're horrible, yeah. <laughs> uh, in different ways, anyway. But, um, right. but the colonists have been informed about what's going to happen, and they're all, like they're all pretty bummed, as they should be, and they're not telling the kids, Ah, <laughs> oh, bummer. Really harsh. <laughs> ceasing to exist is really harsh in the mellow around here, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Everyone's real sad about disappearing into nothing. Yeah, they, they're not telling the kids, but the um, the like Klingons, the Sons of Moog, show up, and they're like, there will be no feast because we are dying in a dishonorable way. We will yeah. never make it to Stovakor. And they're like, Worf, fucking murder us. <laughs> Please kill me violently. Yeah. Yeah. The Worf's like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow at high noon or whatever, I'll stab you to death. He's And like, if I was them, I would have been like, nah, stab me now, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? What's the difference? Just kill me now. you're gonna come back with some fucking moral lesson I don't wanna do kill me (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna make me plant trees like an asshole Kira goes back to her grave and Odo uh, I guess stalks her there and uh, (laughs) she's like you know I wanted to make sure this is where I belonged Uh, the prophets sort of laid out my life to end here on Gaia and I think that's where I need to stay but Odo's like no 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 no. I love you you gotta exist so I can pork and she's yeah, I like, want to turn into a goo dick and be all up in that. Ugh. He says that. I didn't say it. Yeah, he they wrote that. it in the episode. Fucking. It's crazy they left that in in 1996 like, or whatever. Brandon Braga popped into the room and he's getting. Like, I've got a line for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, the fucking emperor. <laughs> <laughs> what if we talk about her giant pussy? <laughs> But Kira's like, look, I can't <laughs> let the captain go through with this plan. 8,000 people are going to die. And, like, I'm going to die, but it's fine because uh, prophets or whatever. Yeah, I got a religion, go. blah, blah blah blah. Yep. Uh, Kira calls a meeting of the Midnight Society, and they all <laughs> uh, are like, they're, they're conflicted. Like, Worf wants to stay, Kira wants to die. Yeah. Uh, so stay. W- yeah. Worf wants to go home to his wife and kids. Uh, yeah, O'Brien sis- does, you mean? Uh, O'Brien, yeah, O'Brien does. Uh, Worf gets a little heated. Worf does not want to go to his son, and O'Brien points this out. Yeah. And Worf's like, well, you're a fucking bitch. Yeah, he's like, well, you never even see your son. And then Worf's like, you're just afraid. It's like, damn, this is getting yeah, crazy. They're getting harsh up in here, but... yeah. O'Brien's like, "Are we, uh, are we even entertaining this as a possibility?" And Cisco kind of pauses, and yeah. he goes, "No, we're not. No, yep." And we're going home. Kira's like, "No, no, we have to, or whatever." And Cisco's like, "I've heard your concerns dismissed." Right. He's Captain Cisco right now. Yeah, I am captaining. You have to do what I say on this planet where I have no authority. <laughs> where in about two days nothing is going to matter. <laughs> uh, Worf and Jadzia take a midnight stroll together, and th- through all the people they're about to kill, and Cisco <laughs> had the same idea, right? Um. 90s boy comes running around. He like runs into Cisco. Cisco literally just grabs him and goes, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "We're planting trees. Hurry! We gotta plant the trees. The trees. I'm late." Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the colonists are all going to the fields. And Yedrin says planting day was always very important. It didn't feel right to go without doing it. Yeah. And that sort of touches the crew of the Defiant, right? They're like, oh man, this is they're farming now. That's uh heartfelt, I guess. Yeah. And uh so they start helping them. They start farming with them. Yeah, there's like a montage. And it goes, take it to the limit. And it's like the plant limit. Yeah. <laughs> Live to plant. Plant some trees all along the planter's edge put these down and make a hedge to the Damn, limit That's <laughs> sick <laughs> <laughs> Fucking get that I need that MP3 go on Limewire Fuck you're such a hype man Josh every time I make a shitty song you're like what? shitty fuck no dude that's a sick ass song but uh, <laughs> O'Brien walks up and hands Cisco a pad, and he's like, "Yeah, the Defiant's ready to leave orbit." And the little girl earlier, Molly, is like, "Are you gonna help?" Yeah. He's like, "I'm busy," and she's like, "You don't look like you're busy." Yeah, and Cisco fucking loses it laughing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "She's an O'Brien, all right, dude." <laughs> so good. Um, but like, O'Brien starts working the farm as well. A uh, wharf brings the Sons of Moog. And Mm -hmm. they're like, we do not see an enemy to fight, as you have told us before. Uh, Here is the exposition. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Worse, like they're trying to plant their fields before the sun sets. Time is their enemy, and we will help them defeat it. Yeah. And the Cleons are like, "Go go get get the the rest." rest. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna fucking plant some trees, boys. So everyone's like. Loving this shit. Right? Yeah, everybody loves best farming of all time. They're they're farming to the limit. Farming to the limit. (laughs) And it melts O'Brien's salty old Irish heart. Yeah, he's he's working with Molly and she's he's like, you know, I have a little girl with the same name and she says, Well uh when can I meet her? and he says yeah. you know uh, we'll you know who knows we'll see we'll see and she yeah. gets up to leave and he just suddenly the realization washes over him that he's this little girl is just as real as his little girl yeah he's going to she's going to not exist yeah and so he goes over to Cisco and he says we can't let all these people die yep and Cisco agrees yep they they it's hard to see people as non-existent when you work alongside them and you you like feel the same things they feel yeah plus it's like these are their ancestors like these are their children yeah. right like that's it's a total mind fuck like there's a, there's a this deep connection to these to these people that like you can't explain because they are your people yeah like this would require like major Counseling, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, this is a complete mind fuck. Um, they're gonna. The idea is they're going to auto, put the ship on autopilot for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't guess know. guess it has to be exact. Like, their, they're, like, navigation yeah. has to be absolutely exact. To make it be the right year to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the navigational logs from the original crash are what's fed into the autopilot so that it yeah. has the exact same trajectory right. through the, uh, like, temporal disturbance. Mm hmm. Listen to us talk a Star Trek talk. We're scientists. We know. We're Star Trek science boys. Yeah. Uh,. So often I've thought about changing the little Jeff I draw into everything into, like, a science department Jeff. Uh Uh-huh. But then we would both be wearing the same color. It wouldn't be as fun. Well, make me red or something. Who cares? We'll just transfer. We'll we'll transfer take each other's jobs. There's only two of us on the satellite. Just take each other's jobs. We'll switch jobs. (laughs) I hate looking at dicks all day. I wasn't trained for this. What is this? What is this, a ball? I don't know. What is... (laughs) Why does it have a ball on the end? I don't know. Something can't have this many nads. (laughs) Remember when people said nads? Oh, man. That was a 90s thing for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. So Odo's going to say goodbye to Kira, and uh, he tries to sort of, like, get her to reconsider because he doesn't want to lose her. But she's she's like set on it. Like the the colonists have to live; their descendants have to live. Yep. Odo doesn't really see it that way. He's you know they're not they don't exist until they exist. You know. Yeah, this is where Odo being a changeling sort of really comes in too, because it's like they have a completely different like moral code. Like they're much more like like how I would imagine like elves would be. Yeah, they they really their emotions and experiences are far more important than anything else. Yeah, they're they're ancient, so they're just sort of like, well, this doesn't even really matter in the grand scheme yeah. of shit, right? Like, and like the the linked version of the changelings are very much like nothing matters but the link. That's right, it. Right. The link and has got to be like he, a million orgasms. I would love to experience. The oh link. God, it's like a tantric sex through time. Um, <laughs> That's Kira, all i heard. Kira and, oh, I don't know, Josh, that sounded pretty like, much like a lived experience I, to me. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Kira and future Odo kiss. Woo! <laughs> yeah, and the audience act like Kelly Bundy just walked on the set. Wow, <laughs> I've never seen a woman before! She's supposed to be 16. Ow! Ow! Ugh. Yep. Um, everybody goes yep. back to the bridge. They take their posts, and uh, they they record messages for their families that they can send out, but not a fucking message to themselves. I guess that's fine. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> but uh, they transfer control over to the autopilot, raise the shields, and they head towards the quantum anomaly. But like, and everybody's sort of like steeled, like they're facing this destiny that's been laid out before them. And yeah, they're, they're facing ready to... It. Cr- right. They're facing it with, like, a gravitas that befits a Starfleet officer. Everyone's real depressed. Yeah, but then the ship just suddenly veers away, and they're all like, what the fuck? What's the autopilot doing? Yeah. And there's a great scene where, like, after they've missed it, and they know that they missed it, O'Brien's, like, the autopilot's been reprogrammed, and everyone yeah. looks at him, and he goes, but not by me! <laughs> like, I didn't do it! <laughs> <Oy>! <laughs> and um, there's no sign of the settlement anymore. The eight thousand people are gone. Yep, gone. Never existed. Cisco and Dyax have a conversation about what happened, and uh, Cisco believes that Yedrin was the one who changed right. the flight plan. And it, he thinks that seeing everyone again made them realize the value of their lives com- was just as high as the value. Of the settlers' lives, right? Cisco has this, that gr- that great line where they existed as long as we remember them. They always yep. will. Very Starfleet captain. Absolutely. I I for a second was like, like, are we gonna? Because like they don't think that Odo could have done it. Because it they only think it was Yedrin because he knew his way around the ship, right? Because yeah. of Dax, yeah. the symbiote. But, like, they never mention Odo. Here's, and he knows how to do that here's shit. Here's the thing. I don't know if Dax and Sisko know, know if he's that there. Odo exists yeah. on this planet. I don't. That's what I thought, too. I was like, do they even know he's down there? Because they never mention him. Kira never talks to them about him. And it's like, is Odo even Odo? Is that, like, a prophet? Like, that's the thing. Like, this I mean, is where, a, like. That's a good question if you want to read. I think that would be fairly interesting if you tried to read any instances of inconsistencies in Deep Space Nine as being related to the Prophets in some right. way. Like, somehow the universe was changing the destiny to be what it is, right? Like. Yeah. In a, in a lot of ways, it's Odo, he's a changeling, and the changelings have a lot to do with what's going to happen next, so who knows, man? Like, I, I don't think that Cisco and Dax do know he's there. No. I don't think so either. I don't think I anyone, think anyone if, knows these there. If I was a believer of the prophets, which uh d- does that religion even have a name? Profianity. <laughs> um Profianity. If I was a profianitist... <laughs> a profianishton. I, th- I don't I don't think it has a name, which... it, like if I believed in the prophets as much as like Kira does, I would think that Odo was being guided by the Prophets when he did that. Right, It's... That's the thing, though. Like, she's only picking and choosing what she wants to believe. Right? Like, she wants to believe that, like, Odo's his own entity outside of the universe and, you know, pushed the Defiant out of the way of the anomaly, so that wasn't supposed to happen. But... I mean, it was, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's all according to the Prophet's plans. And I mean, whether they're, like, gods or aliens, they exist outside of time, so they know how things are going to work out. Right. They can just change it. Or not. Whatever. There's an extremely (laughs) real scene at the beginning of this next, uh, uh, or shot at the beginning of this next scene where Kira is laying in her bed and she is just devastated. Yeah, it's like, Everyone, man, it must yeah. be fucked up, right? And the door, the door chimes like boop beep, beep, happens, and she sits there for a second, like I can't believe this, I yeah, can't believe the, somebody is here. Who the fuck is doing this, right? Like she says, "Come in." And uh, prime timeline, primoto comes in, proto, proto, Do. promoto, promoto, your promoto comes in, and. He's, like, the other Odo linked with me. Yeah. So now I know everything. Yeah, and our, like, our relationship is whatever right now. We just need some time apart. But uh, the other Odo linked with me, and he did this. He changed the flight plan for the autopilot. He's the one. (laughs) Yeah, and she's like, what the fuck? And Odo's like we he he did it for because he loved you and she's like does that make it right? Yeah. And He said and he I like, don't know, but the I other Odo thought so. Yeah. And he keeps he saying did. he did it for you. He did it for you. <laughs> <laughs> which is I like did it for you, Kira. Which is All exactly what you. she wants to hear, right? Right. <laughs> right. He he leaves he leaves her quarters and she's just kinda left in the silent aftermath of everything that's happened. Like eight thousand people are gone. They never existed. Yep. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you go to Stovacor if you never existed. Sorry, sons of Moog. Who knows though? I guess that's Who knows? true. We learned that Stovacor is real in Voyager. <laughs> yeah, they go there. They take the boat to Grethor. Yeah. Right. And like we learn that Stovakor is real. The prophets are real. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn that Vulcan religion is real because Spock's Katra gets put back in his body yeah, and he's souls fine. Souls are a thing. Consciousness, souls, real. whatever, whatever. Souls are real. Um, the Katra is. In, it's not so much the soul in Vulcan uh, spirituality. It's the essence of the mind. Consciousness. What do you call it? Consciousness. It's consciousness. <laughs> it's the. It's. It's the accumulative intelligence of a being. Soul, consciousness, spaceship, starship, godship, whatever. It's all the same nonsense. What does God (laughs) need with a (laughs) Katra? What does God need with a baseball mitt? (laughs) So what do you think about this episode, Josh? What's What's your big review? I fucking forget that this is a episode, and I I don't know if I've skipped over it the last couple times I've rewatched the show, which I do that sometimes. Like sometimes I'm like eh, I don't really whatever. Let's get to the let's get to the meat of it, right? Sure, yeah. Um, but this is a great episode. It's really good. It's so Deep Space Nine like. There's no... There's nobody wins. (laughs) Nobody wins in this episode except Odo, I guess. I guess. And, uh, yeah, I guess the Alpha Quadrant wins, but... You don't know that yet, right? This episode is an extremely Star Trek episode. Yes. It, It gives you a moral quandary where neither side is entirely correct. Everyone loses. And in, like, a... In like a TNG, there's like a hopeful feeling, even if like you have to make a decision and one something suffers because of it. There's like a hopefulness. Yeah. In Deep Space Nine is like a crushing depression. <laughs> I I think it it's foreboding on purpose because something else is coming, right? Oh, it's like, all leading somewhere. You can right. tell. We all know because we've seen it. Like we know what that is, but you don't i think that's what like the i'm trying to remember the first time i watched through this the series and like i i remember feeling that like what is happening like where are they going like some weird shit's going on right and like it's it's i think it's great i, I think you know it's the the yin to tng's yang or vice versa right like the Deep Space Nine does get sort of a bad rep of being like a dark, depressing show, but it it has that like Star Trek hopefulness weaved throughout it. I mean, yeah. like this episode is probably not the best example since like that the um like ability to choose is taken out of our hero's hands. Yeah. The ability to make that decision that's, like, the heroic decision is taken away. So this is probably not the best episode for that. But, like, there's always a silver lining, like, a little light at the end of the tunnel type thing in Deep Space Nine. Like, they're going through it. They're in the shit. Yeah. Especially during the war. They're deep in the shit. But we know, we can feel in our hearts, because our heroes are our heroes, they are who they are, that they're going to make it. And that hope still lives. Um, Deep Space Nine yeah. is a fucking amazing series. Yeah, this is an A. This is an A. This is an for A me. episode for sure. Like, I yeah. love a moral quandary. Everybody knows that about me. Fucking love yeah. a moral quandary. <laughs> and this one is probably the hardest one I remember off the top of my head from Star Trek. It's like, a hard pill to swallow, this one. It fucks with your brain just watching it. Like, imagine, like, if you're if this was real somehow, and it's, you had, like, it would fucking ruin you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do if I, like... You'd be a zombie for, like, months, dude. At least months, if I'll not you, the rest of your life. I'll tell you exactly what I would do. I would, when I crash-landed back on the planet 200 years ago, I would do everything in my power to not do what they said I'd do. I'd be like, right. you can't fucking tell me what to do, Destiny. I'm gonna do whatever right. I want. And yep. every time I fell into doing what they said I was going to do, I would get more and more depressed and despondent. <laughs> <laughs> That's life. That would be that would be my life on that planet for sure. <laughs> Thankfully no one has told me how my life is gonna turn out in the real world yet. I'll tell so. you after this is over. Oh god, no. Oh, <laughs> The, the world's longest uh-oh coming up. Oh, so. no. <laughs> this episode is a really great episode for a lot of reasons. Like, you get to see uh, the crew have completely differing viewpoints on a moral quandary, and they don't ever really come together on it until the very end. And it's because. Yeah. Of like it's more because of extenuating circumstances than it is because of them like discussing it amongst themselves like right. rational adults, right? They they make a decision purely because that's the decision they made. There isn't really like a a Starfleet way to deal with this, right? No. Like what? Do, how do you? <laughs> what's the right thing to do? There, I, there isn't one. There isn't a right thing to do, right? That's like, hard for people to swallow. Adding Kira to the show was a stroke of genius. Yeah. Like, add, having Kira be a character in Deep Space Nine was a stroke of genius because you have all these characters who are extremely logically minded, yeah, who are, like, Starfleet professionals, and then you throw this wild card in there who is completely and totally driven by, to begin with, anger right. and emotion, and then later completely driven by religious desire Yep. And it's, it, she's she's an amazing she character. Is. She is an amazing character and she she like rubs up against the like Starfleet that we know and love the like logic of that in an extremely like friction way. But it's also like an extremely lovable way. Oh it, yeah. It, it's it's like I I don't know. It's like uh, how do you write that? <laughs> like, how do you write that? I don't know. I don't yeah. know if I could. You there know is, what I mean? There are times, and I've mentioned this before, where like Kira, it's usually other Bajorans and their religious shit that really gets on my nerves. But yeah. there are times, like in this episode, for a little while, when Kira is like, "Well, I'm, I'm supposed to be a corpse in the ground. Please make me a corpse because right. the prophet said so," and I'm like, right. "Ugh, yeah." But. She still manages to be like one of my favorite characters in Deep Space Nine, even through all of it. So that's a testament yeah. to the writing, the character, and to Nana Visitor, who still has the best name ever. Yeah, I think uh, for me, the moment when she begins to sort of like understand the whole the universe as a whole is when she's telling Cisco uh, when he gets that really bad concussion when they crash on that Jem'Hadar planet. And she's like trying to keep him awake. And he's like, Tell me a story. And she's like, Really, really fucking afraid he's gonna die. Yeah. And she's like, Not, you know, you're, you're, you're the, the emissary. Like, you're like my religious people's, like, like, f- like Christ, right? Like, you can't, you, you can't die, but like, also, like, in that moment, she's like, "You're my friend, and like, you're my family." it's, oh, it's yeah. a. is that the episode where he starts to develop like a like a god complex? Like he's hearing, he's going blind and he's dying, but he's hearing no, the prophets. They, they like crash on a on a planet or something, or 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 there's like a, a something there's like something where he gets like fucked up, like he gets like hurt really bad. Yeah, and and they're stuck on the bridge, and she's like taking care of them and like she doesn't really know how to do that because she's not like a doctor so it i don't know just her arc in general i think is like perfect like like how would you write a uh an entire people learning about the greater universe like how it the Nana visitor does it right they do it with her yeah it's wild it's it's extremely yeah. wild you're right it's crazy and, I, like, that's a great... That episode is a great example of her character growing, but it, the episode where, like, Sisko is dying because of his connection to the prophets... Yeah, yeah. ...is, like, a great example of her, like, realizing that, like, her friend's life is hanging in the right. balance. Like, maybe, like, there's something beyond the, like, religious fervor. Right. There's maybe like it's not hu- always like about person the... There's, a person-to-person element that yeah. matters just as much, you know? And I would say that that's, like, you know, we always talk about the Quark and Garrick Rootbeer discussion, right? Oh, yeah, that's a great scene. And to me, that's them talking about Starfleet, like you just said, like, maybe Starfleet's also, like, learning to, like, love other people, you know what I mean? Like... Maybe it's not always just about, like, going and finding them and doing the science, but, like, to love and respect other existing beings. Like, how do you do that? Like, the only way you can do that is to be around them, right? And and, And work with them and go through shit with them, right? You develop that bond by living the same life together. Yeah. You walk and in their shoes and they walk in your shoes. I think that's the big problem, like I think that's where why racism is still so prevalent is like people don't experience anything alongside people Absolutely. of different races. And that's why racists segregate the races, really, right? Yeah. That's why that's why they want there to be fences and boundaries and because if we start you know, eating lunch with, with other people and, you know, going to work with them and shit, we're going to be like, well, there's nothing at all different, <laughs> like, literally. No. Like, like humans like and thing, human, that's easy, right? Yeah, the like, only thing that makes us different is our life experiences. Right. Like, we are the same. Like, I always tell people that, like, if the Vulcans did come down to Earth, right, and they met Zephyr Cochran and all of his friends or whatever, and they found out about racism, they'd be like, what do you mean? Right. And they'd be like, oh, well, like, we used to segregate based on skin color. And they'd be like, you guys are, all you all look exactly the same. You're all the same insane. species. Yeah. They'd be like, that's insane. Yeah. Why would you waste the effort to do that? Like, Absolutely. They're like, yeah, we have different skin colors on Vulcan, too. It's just because they live closer to the equator on the planet. Right. It's just the <laughs> amount of sun that they got. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, so like, ever since I was a kid, like my parents were virulent racists, and like, yeah. ever since I was a kid, I, every time they would say something, I'd be like, "But why? They just have a right. darker skin tone than me, right?" So it's, strange. It's weird, man. But it's all because we don't, we don't know, we don't have empathy. We the Starfleet is it's built at on its empathy. Best, it's empathy, right? Yeah. yeah. We yeah. you like you said walk a mile in somebody else's shoes like you don't have to literally do that you just have to empathize with their situation and understand right. it and like, like you'll, that's never, why, you'll never like, completely understand it because you don't live it you don't right. you don't have the same experiences but you can empathize in a way that's why like Starfleet kind of like rolls their eyes when Bajor is like but this and this and. Like, like, the plan that Starfleet's done this some, like, 150 times, right? Like, with other planets is, like, look, like, once you start getting out there and going with us and seeing shit, like, you'll see. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you'll yeah. you'll see what's going on. Like, and by that I mean you'll see that you have no idea what's going on out here, right? The Bajorians are extremely insular because it's, like, when you've been hurt... Like, as a people, you sort of, like, cloister inwards. And, like, anybody who reaches out a hand, like, you shirk away from. Because you're so used to that hand hitting you. The Bojorans are redheads. (laughs) And Kira's a redhead. And they're just mad. And they're just to throw tantrums. And they, you know. But eventually they figure it out. Hopefully. Yeah, I guess we never really find out. Except in STO, where they're part of the Federation, right? Yeah, they're pretty chill in there. They're, like, they're, like. Whatever, they're fine. Like, there's Cardassians and shit walking around and shit. They're cool. Man, forgiving the Cardassians had to be rough. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. But they, they get pretty fucked. Yeah, they get a taste of their own medicine. They get sure. to th- see what happened. Yep, yep. Um, That's all spoilers. Whatever. The problem <laughs> with this show is we jump around everywhere and, like... It's just too good just to... I mean, like, TNG, you can talk about a single episode for, like... In it, on its own, right? You can't with Deep Space Nine. It's all connected. Everything no. flows together. I think that's important to know that if we're talking about a Star Trek series, we're gonna be talking spoilers. There's no way around it. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically there is a way around it if we would try, but we're not gonna try. So <laughs> it, would be, it would literally be impossible for Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're pretty it's bad dark. about it with other stuff too that would be easier but like I don't know these shows are like 30 years old. Yeah, they're on Netflix. they've been on Netflix since like I've had Netflix and I got yeah. Netflix in like 2007. <laughs> like And there there are some people that think there's like no time limit on spoilers or whatever but nah, like, there I, I'm is. not one of them. There's <laughs> definitely a t- it's for me the time limit is like 3 months. Uh, see, I feel like I don't have an exact time limit, but if it's been, like, 30 years... <laughs> come on, now. Get on it. <laughs> You've had a long time to watch this show. Not only that, but what's your excuse? We've all been sitting at home for four months. <laughs> yeah, in four months, you could have watched all of Star Trek. Yeah. Everything that's ever been made. You could have even sat through Voyager. God bless your soul. Prophets bless your soul. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, our religion directly goes against the prophets. We are a uh, Nagilam based religion. So. All hell, Nagilam, he is my Lord and God. Love that Nagilam. Love that Nagilam. <laughs> and it's just his gross, like, photoshopped <clears throat> mouth over top of a lady's face. <clears throat> Love that Nagilam
1: worship me.
0: Spivzy's gonna fucking make that. Like, every time good. we say something like that, Spivzy ends up making it. He made the gif of worse reaction <laughs> that I asked for last time. <laughs> <sighs> I think that's a good point to end the episode on. Uh, Josh, Where can they find us? Josh, I was just about to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, find us on Twitter at M Class Podcast. I uh, today when we were recording this episode, I just posted some cool ass fan art that Sam Lindstrom did. Yeah, it's so scroll on down and find that when you listen to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we retweet our takes from our main accounts on Star Trek and also I just log in and talk about Star Trek on there. Josh does the same shit, so it's the perfect yeah. place to keep up with all that mm-hmm. mclass class goodness. Mhm. But Josh, I want to be part of the show. I want to be on the show. Can I be a guest? No. What you can (laughs) do is shoot us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com and be a part of our other show, mclassemail. It's always been singular. Don't look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Save yourself some time. It's you shoot us an email and we'll read it on our other show and we'll be thankful that you took part in our in our grand experiment called M class email that's still going because people still send them apparently but Josh <laughs> that's not enough for me. I oh want more good track boy content. I want to support the Trek boys, to keep them making that Trek noise. How do I do track, that? Trek boys make that Trek noise. Well, you go to uh, patreon.com slash Podcast. Hell yeah. And, and how, mu- how much would it cost me to support you? Only a dollar. A but dollar? But you can give us more if you want, but a dollar is all it takes. And you get the you get the show a week early. You get an email a week early. You get access to the Discord full of awesome people, including spibsy who'll make you a GIF if you ask real nice. <laughs> full of some super talented artists and super funny people, and uh, apparently a, a genuine support net for people who have problems in their lives. So if yeah. you want, if you've got problems in your life and you can't afford help. <laughs> Give us a dollar and join the discord. Uh asterisk, I don't mean this. Just please support it's, our show. It's a, it's a joke. Yes, it's a joke. Uh, <laughs> and above a dollar level, you get access to more stuff like Jeff and Josh shoot. The, I think you have to pay $5 to get For the M class email yeah. week early as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, sorry. You get yeah. you get shoot the shit out of. The, okay. You get shoot the shit, you get M class email, higher levels you get like Audio logs direct from Satellite M, our dumb fictional universe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that uh, spawned an entire radio program that you can go out and find. Tapan's radio program—it's a real thing. It's real. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you you get access to other podcasts we made. We did uh, to we did M Classic Cetera. We did. Uh, yep the Discovery Collection that we did, like, two episodes of. If you really want to feel bad, you can listen to those. We talk over movies. We do talk over movies. We do commentary we do our, tracks, which are yeah. fucking dope. Yeah, they're fun. They're extremely fun. We watched it's, Beastmaster 2, Super Mario Brothers the movie, and Bronx, Rumble in the Rumble Bronx. Rumble in the Bronx, yeah. So if you love any of those movies, uh... I really... My favorite of those three tracks is definitely the Mario Brothers track, because I would not shut the fuck up about behind-the-scenes Dude, stuff. you are hype as fuck about Mario. Because that movie is terrible, and I love it. Yeah. And I, I can't know, believe... I know I all this horrible behind-the-scenes info that I had to share. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, Leighton from uh, the Brian and Leighton's podcast that they do, Late late night, <laughs> late night with Brian, is what it's called. <laughs> Her dad apparently worked on that movie and has the bomb I And oh, I told fuck, you that off I want the, the bomb so bad. The bomb yeah, yeah. And I asked her, I was like, does it have the Reebok logo on it? And she's like, I don't remember. I don't know. Oh, I want it so bad. Yeah, it's cool, man. Like, hook me up, Josh. Give me six degrees of separation to this person <laughs> so I can get that bomb Uh But become a patron. It really helps us... Uh, it helps us pay to keep the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and mm-hmm. uh, SoundCloud. You have to pay for hosting on SoundCloud, so. And we gotta eat. Yeah, we gotta fucking eat food, man, and pay rent. Like this podcast, no joke, is like forty percent of my income. Forty-five. So yeah. It it definitely is helps all both of us to yeah. survive. So absolutely, we appreciate it. And any any. Just a dollar. That's all. Yeah. You know, that's all. That that's. We put in a lot of work doing we, this. We do. We we make the pod, We make a ton of audio content for everybody. We uh, ma- I make art for the podcast. Like it takes a lot of editing, getting everything mm. together. It's. But we make it for you because we love it you. It ain't cheap to look this good, you that's know. Right. <laughs> Looking good is number one on a podcast. <laughs> Uh, If you've got uh, if you've got some money and you want to put it to a better cause than keeping us alive, Mm -hmm. then you could head over to uh, BlackLivesMatter.Card.Co. That's Card with two R's, and there are a number of um, charities, bail funds, and uh, fundraisers for uh, Black Lives Matters causes. Mm -hmm. That's that's all extremely like I say. It's all extremely important to. Put your money where your mouth is for this type of stuff and show your yeah. support because the utopian future of Star Trek is unattainable unless we can get past the the like race horror of today that's being created out there. Yep. So become a part of the Star Trek future that we all want. Hell yeah. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thank you to Josh for being my pal. Love Thank ya. you. Thank you and a uh, special thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for a theme song uh, you can find his work on uh, Spotify, iTunes everywhere great music is sold, Fuck check yeah. out his new album Eclectic Electric it's dope, and you can find him on Twitter at underscore Vitizen underscore follow he's us, he's a boy follow us, support us love us, kiss us kiss us, tenderly S- See you next time on M Class Podcast, and as always, live, laugh, eat, pray, love, Babylon. Babylon. Babylon is our God. mentally ill. What <laughs> with your boys?